What's happening? Hello, hello, everybody. How y'all doing tonight? Crazy Witch Thomas. Hello, everybody. Don't forget, you can send us some stars for some love. <laughs> Kelly Elliott, hope you're feeling better. <clears throat> That's for sure. Yes. So what we got in store tonight uh, there, Mr. Decker? All right. Well, we got some Bigfoot talk going on tonight. But because this is the rabbit hole, we're not just talking basic Bigfoot stuff. I've got my good friend Matt Sieber to come on and talk about some of the latest research he's been doing from the East Tennessee Bigfoot Organization. Um, a lot of interesting stuff involving infrasound and its possible effects. So we're going to go down the rabbit hole on this one. Hello, Tammy. Welcome to the show, everybody. Well, let's bring Matt in. Hello, Matt. Come on down your next contestant. Welcome, welcome. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? doing? Doing good. Doing, doing good. great. Doing great. <laughs> doing really good tonight. Well, good. Uh, Introduce uh, yourself to everybody all about you and, and uh, oh, your background. Oh, oh well, um, my name's Matt Sieber. I'm the uh, founder of EastTennesseeBigfoot.org, uh, stationed here out of East Tennessee, of course. I've uh, been doing this since 2005 when my then 15-year-old son had an encounter in our backyard in Roan County, Tennessee. Um, didn't have a whole lot of interest shown uh, by telling other groups about the sighting and uh, kind of felt like we were being ignored or uh, treated as though we were just a bunch of hillbillies. And uh, I thought to myself, well, I, you know, I can, I can do this. So I started asking a bunch of questions and, and looking into a few things and it's, been going ever since so it just it gets deeper and uh, my mind has changed many times over uh, the ideas and the opinions I have on who or what Bigfoot is since 2005 so but it's it's a pretty deep rabbit hole like Justin said <laughs> yeah my mind has changed over the years I can assure you of that <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean right? it is it, it is not what I thought it was that's for sure Right. Yeah. So uh, tell us about the encounter. Uh, well, um, back in 2005, he was 15, of course, summertime. He was uh, shoveling sand out of the back of my pickup truck at 2 a.m. Uh, the reason he was doing it at 2 a.m. is because, again, he was 15 years old and it was summer break. And if y'all have kids or no kids, <laughs> you know what they do during the summer. They play video games all night and they sleep all day. And uh, I told him, I, I don't care when you get the job done, just get the job done. And he chose to do it at 2 a.m. under a security light. And uh, he went inside to get him something to eat real quick. And <laughs> he came back out and there was something standing behind a bird feeder about 20 feet away from the truck. <clears throat> he initially thought it might have been a friend of his. So he grabs the shovel and starts walking toward it. And then uh, it turns and begins to walk away and walks in a sort of a, and my son actually described it as a loping fashion. It wasn't really running, but it wasn't really walking. And uh, it walked under the security light. And that's when he saw that it had, it was covered with black hair and he could tell that underneath the hair was a grayish charcoal skin. Uh, he's, uh, he didn't really tell me how tall he believed it was, but the, the bird feeder itself was six feet high 
And uh, after we talked about it a while, it turns out, you know, this thing was about a foot taller than the bird feeder. Uh, he could see its entire head from behind as it was standing behind the bird feeder. So uh, he said it was very muscular, very well built and very well kept. He said it was very clean looking, looked like it had it was glistening in the in the security light. It was it was pretty uh, if, for lack of a better term. It was uh, like it had been shampooed and taken well care of. So uh, from that point on, after he had that sighting, you know, again, I, I, I started digging it deeper. And of course, um, my first belief and thought was undiscovered primate. Uh, and I held that belief for a few years. And after so many people started telling me stories of more odd things, stranger things, so to speak, uh, my mind began to change. Um, I at the beginning, I didn't even want to talk about those strange things because I, I didn't want to be lumped into a group of people who were um, considered crazy or odd, even <laughs> in this community. People, you know, you get lumped into a group, even in a community like Bigfoot research. So um, I didn't want to be part of that. I wanted to be mainstream. I wanted to be uh, accepted by the majority Um uh, at, at, in 2023, I could really couldn't really care less about that <laughs> because there's a lot more going on than just the simple undiscovered ape. I don't know exactly what that is. Uh, again, I don't believe that there are any experts in the field. Um, we have a lot of opinions and ideas. Uh, the The expert will be the person that actually brings the evidence to the table. That'll be the person. And I don't know who that is yet. Yeah, we so. get a lot of reports. I don't understand. You know, they're they are very well groomed and like they are shampooed and they use <laughs> conditioner like. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make sense. We get other reports. They're mangled and tangled and matted mm -hmm. and stinky. And right. I mean, yeah. I don't know. You know, so well, I, I he, mean, he never saw it face, so we don't. So, yeah. He never got a good look at its face, so he don't know what it actually looked like in the face. Uh, it was dark as it was looking at him. Uh, the security light was behind him, uh, behind the, the creature. And uh, so he never got a good look at the face. But again, like I say, it was it was, according to him, very well groomed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think with talking about the, the condition and stuff, I think a lot of that has to do with how they are in their social structure, right? Because other primates sit there and groom each other. And the alpha males will get more attention. And then, you know, as you go down the hierarchy, less attention. And then you have some some castaways, some people that have been kicked out of the group, either males looking for their own troops or whatever, then they tend to be, you know, less groomed. That's my thought process on it. Yeah, that's that's a very good opinion. I, I like that thought. I, I Imagining, you know, you've got the rogue ones out by themselves. Ain't nobody taking care of them but themselves. Exactly. So they're not taking, they're not enjoying the benefits of being part of a group. I, I mean, that could be part of it. That could be, and that could make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, Matt, let's go down this rabbit hole a little bit, buddy. Um, you know, we've talked okay. about a few times about infrasound and, and my theory on frequencies and then how they contribute to the whole thing. 
Um, I was right. speaking at a, a little get together. Jennifer and my fiance put together and Matt was invited to come out and speak. And it was the first time I heard him speak on the topic. And he had some really good, interesting and I think insightful views on infrasound and how it could possibly affect uh, someone's experience and encounter with one of these creatures. Right. right. Yeah. Um, uh, basically, you know, infrasound, uh, uh, we, we all have a specific range of hearing an auditory range for humans. And, um, I've got some notes here. I need, I'm going to have to go to cause I, I'm not real good with remembering <laughs> things right off the top of my head. Um, but, um, there is a website, uh, lsu.edu. I'm sure that's Louisiana state university. Uh, there's an auditory range, uh, chart on their website, uh, saying that humans, uh, generally hear 64 Hertz to 23,000 Hertz or 23 kilohertz. Uh, that is our range of sound. Um, there is another website called cochlea.org, which gives a human range of 20 hertz to 20,000 or 20,000 hertz or 20 kilohertz. Uh, that's our sound range. Uh, you compare that to, let's say, a cat. A cat can hear a range of from 45 hertz to 64,000, which is roughly 40,000 more than what a human can hear. And, of course, you just have the same kind of situation with a dog. Uh, they have a they have a range from sixty seven to forty five thousand. Um, some of the more uh, deeper sounds that I guess you could you could say uh, of, of the animal kingdom would be a ferret, uh, according to LSU.edu. They have an infrasound range of sixteen hertz, which is four below what humans normally would have, all the way up to forty four thousand. And then, um, for example, we, we get into the more insane numbers. Uh, a porpoise, uh, its range is from 75 hertz to 150,000 hertz. So they have a very wide range of sound. They can hear things all the way up into the ultrasound. But we're, you know, we're specifically talking about infrasound. Um, I looked into ultrasound, and there are issues with ultrasound. Like, for example, you go to a doctor's office for an ultrasound. A uh, lady's pregnant. She wants to check the baby out and all that kind of good stuff. Or, or you have a bum knee and they want to take a look at it. Um, ultrasound does affect the body, but it's not terrible. Sometimes they, uh, you might feel some pain or some discomfort after the fact. And what that ultrasound does, it causes there to be a ripple effect in your in your muscles and your tissues that causes some sort of um, like a bubbling effect. Uh, you know, like when you pop your knuckles. You're not really popping your bones. You're, you're popping the air pockets that are between your bones. That's what's going, according to Google, you know, that's where I learned all this <laughs> stuff, Google. So, you know, Google can't be wrong, uh, but that's, that's an idea there. But um, infrasound is a lot different. Infrasound, the lower that sound is, the more dangerous it can become. Uh, it can cause uh, weakness. It can cause nausea. Uh, it can cause uh involuntary bowel movement or involuntary urination and it can it can cause all kinds of sickness and dizziness and you don't even know it's happening audibly because you can't hear below 20 hertz uh, some of these sounds are less than 10 hertz and i believe it makes a lot of sense that a lot of the things that people are ascribing to the woo of the bigfoot phenomenon can be explained away by infrasound 
Um, for example, uh, this rush of total, complete fear comes over someone. Uh, infrasound can cause that to happen. Uh, you don't hear it, but you feel it. Um, uh, for example, even too, I've, I've heard many stories where I saw this thing and I couldn't help myself. I urinated. I was so scared. I urinated on myself. Well, it's very good possibility that this creature that they saw or another creature that was hidden from them was projecting infrasound in their direction and caused that to happen to their body. And it causes mass confusion. It causes all kinds of problems with the human body. So, um, you know, you talk about people talk about lost time, even with Bigfoot episodes uh, and incidents. Uh, maybe that kind of happens. People pass out. People, uh, again, uh, I, I was listening to a, um, a Sasquatch Chronicles this morning at work, uh, the latest one, uh, where he, the, uh, the witness talked about he just wanted to throw up. He just wanted, when he saw it, he wanted to throw up. And he knew he's had two in front of him, but the, the larger one was looking behind him. And as he actually got out of the area, he saw the third one, which was the alpha male. And he believes that <laughs> for whatever reason, he, he was just really sick. And, and it, it makes sense to me that that alpha male may have been projecting some infrasound. I believe that's very possible. So, Matt, do you so, think it is a, a like a, a directed thing that they can control? Um, as some sort of like a defense mechanism or communication, or do you think it's more of a instinctual flight or flight kind of risk factor thing that they have going on? I guess, Justin, that would just fall under the, it depends on what you believe these beings to be. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's an instinctual thing, if they're just, if they're, if they're more simple, then maybe it is just something that they do as a, a defense mechanism and, in that sort of sense. But personally, I think they have a serious amount of control over what they're doing. I think they can uh, project a little bit or a lot, depending on their situation. And I also think that maybe they even know uh, or they learn from others how to do this. And some know how to do it and some don't. Because you also you also have reports where there are there are no there's no sickness, there's no discomfort, there's no nausea. It was a it was a very uh, mundane event, if you want to call mm -hmm. it a mundane event. I mean, it, there's really you can't really say anything <laughs> like that's mundane. But in the context of a Bigfoot sighting, it was very right. uh, uh, peaceful. And, but, you know, that, a lot of times that's just not the case. Uh, sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. And it, I guess it would depend on their demeanor and what they think they need to do to alleviate the situation they're in. Sure. Yeah. And I, I tend to agree with you on that. I think it's definitely something I think the evidence and the, the stories and reports that we get holds out the idea that it's something they do have some sort of control over uh, direction and yeah. intensity. I really think the reports kind of bear that out. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I've got this 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 crazy idea in my head and, and we, you know, we may not go into it, but I, I think that there's a they have an ability to project thoughts mm -hmm. uh, and um, and not not so much thoughts but maybe even hallucinations into someone's mind um, like uh, you know I, I think I told you guys this at the meeting we had a few months back um, up in Kentucky mm -hmm. uh, I had two members of my group 
they went to, I think it's called Baker Creek, where Scott Carpenter did a lot of his research early on. Yeah. And yep. they went down and as soon as they got there, the gentleman that was in the in the pair as a man and a woman, the man immediately, as soon as he got out of the truck, he got sick. He felt nauseated and dizzy. And he just from from out of nowhere, it just hit him like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know what to think about it. But uh, he said, I just can't stay. I can't stay. I've got to go. So they got back in the truck and they were leaving. And he got about 50 yards back down the road the other direction and it just went away. It was gone. He said, well, I feel fine now. You know, it just it came and, and left just like that. It was not it wasn't a slow process. It was there and gone. So they decided to turn around and go back. And when they go back, they got out of the truck again. And she she got out first and walked around to the driver's side. And when he got out, he started feeling it again. But she walked in front of him. And it subsided. It didn't affect her. But it was like she was a barrier between whatever was causing that thing happening to him Mm -hmm. to alleviate. And eventually it stopped. And as they were standing there, this is this is where it gets really weird. As they were standing there. They saw the trees begin to shake. You know, you hear stories about how the saplings will start shaking, uh, uh, vibrating and real violent, like there's something coming through the woods at you and it's going to get you and you better run kind of thing. And they watched these trees just shake and and they could hear screaming and they could hear yelling and just unearthly sounds were coming out of the woods. The whole time this is happening, she's got her camcorder recording everything that's going on. She's got it pointed at the woods. She's got the sound recording and everything happening. And it finally stops <laughs> and they get back in the truck and say, we've had enough. <laughs> We're gone. And as they're heading back down the road, she reviews her recording and that did not happen. The, rec- the, the video recorder recorded the woods, recorded the trees and report recorded them talking to each other about what they were encountering, what they were seeing in the woods, but it did not record what they said they were seeing. Wow. It was like what they were seeing was a hallucination. They did not and, see it or it actually <clears throat> didn't really happen. It and happened not, in just their the, not just the hallucination, but it sounds like it was, a hallucination that they were supposed to see right so it wasn't just some random flying unicorns no. and pink elephants it was right. a territorial or a threat display that they were supposed exactly. to see and they saw it but then it wasn't able to be captured on video wow yeah yeah it either and, and this is what gets this is this is the great conundrum that gets me there's no way unless it's possible that they know how to either manipulate electronics or they were able to get into their heads and cause them to see something that really wasn't there. Well, between and, uh, the two, back- I think it's more likely they can affect what we perceive visually and yes. what we can hear than they would be able to affect yeah. a recording device like that. Right. I mean, you, you, you know, there are stories of uh, uh, people seeing Sasquatch through like a, uh, like they're looking through a fire. 
Uh-huh. It's just a, a glimmer, a shimmer kind yep. of thing. And it, then it, it disappears. It goes into, you know, it just goes into the ether, that kind of thing. And we call that the woo. This thing yep. just disappeared right in front of my eyes. Did it really? Or was there some sort of mind control that allowed it to mess with you mentally? Now, I, that's paranormal in and of itself. That's sure, I mean, I'm absolutely. not saying that that's not odd. That's not strange. That's not paranormal. But if it's able to do that, let's say again, with infrasound, if they have a specific frequency where they can manipulate what you see with your eyes and what you hear with your ears. Now that's, that's pretty incredible stuff. And I don't think that, I don't think that could be, I don't think that could be instinctual. I think that has to be a learned thing. Yeah. Yeah. Specific and targeted for sure. Yeah. 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 And you know, there is a, uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and going into the point of the physical effects, I mean, that's been reported over and over again um, before oh, they yeah. even started talking about the infrasound stuff. I remember reading of a lady, um, and this is where I learned this tech, they're not technique, but this bit of information where the same thing, she got real ill and then was vomiting and everything. But then about 48 hours later, she noticed blood in her urine. Yeah, you know, yes. and that is a very, very common effect from having, or they call it zapped, is what yeah. people are referring it to as being zapped by the infrasound. That is a very common effect: is blood in the urine, and then also yeah. um, the need to just like take a nap, like to fall asleep. You become completely exhausted, and you have to fall asleep right. for either twenty minutes or up to you know several hours as a recovery of, of being yeah. hit with yeah. this infrasound. Right. And that's been reported yeah, multiple example. times. Yeah, perfect example of this. I mean, I can say this for as for being experienced, an experience I had in my lifetime. Uh, I've suffered kidney stones. And mm-hmm. one of those kidney stones had to be removed through lithotripsy, which is basically a sonic um, procedure that from the outside of the body, they emit a beam or some kind of a pulse or some kind of a machine I didn't know exactly how it works, but it pulverizes that kidney stone inside your body. And you wake up with a big bruise on your side. And of mm-hmm. course, there's a lot of blood in the urine uh, for several days afterward. Um, infrasound could have that effect on someone. I mean, of course, yeah. making them sick. And, you know, I've, I've heard of stories from Middle Tennessee where a couple of gentlemen, just exactly as you described, Justin, where they had. Uh, blood in their urine and they were exhausted. They were completely wiped out. They were down for days. And one of them said he Mm -hmm. felt like he had the flu, just sick. And this was after a very, very close and personal encounter with a very angry Sasquatch. So I did it, you know, I I don't, I've never, I I don't know much about uh, PTSD. I'm, I'm not a veteran. I don't know anything about that kind of thing. I don't know what those folks go through. Um, I haven't studied up on any of that. Uh, but I, I just wonder if people who have been in war, who have had that kind of stuff happen to them, does that is that kind of physicality, um, physical ailments and that kind of stuff happen to them after they go through a battle? I've never heard of that kind of thing. But, you know, when you talk about something like infrasound <clears throat> or some kind of a weapon that could be used against somebody that would cause internal damage, 
Mm-hmm. So that's a possibility. Yeah, uh, well, a, I know a standing stone there earlier in the comments had mentioned uh, weaponizing it in the yeah. military. And at that same meeting that I was at with Matt, I had a very good friend of mine who happened to come there, um, ex-military, uh, active duty military. He was in war zones. And he confirmed at the meeting that, yes, the military has those kinds of weapons and uses sound technology yeah. weapons. It wasn't just a conspiracy theory. He came out and said, I have seen these types of weapons in action and they are yeah. there and they do have those effects. So it is a 100 percent true thing. This isn't, you know, yes, this is a rabbit hole, but this is science as yeah. well. And I think that's it the key really thing in all of our rabbit holes is that a lot of it can be backed up if you're looking into the right science fields to understand the phenomenon. Right. Um, One perfect example of that, um, I work for a company uh, that is in scientific research, and we had a hand in building uh, the prototype for what is called the active denial system. The active denial system is a microwave. This video possible. In this much requested series, I'm going to be breaking down exactly how Daisy oh. simulates weapon sounds and the characteristics is. of each. Was that me, you, or Grizz? Is that you throwing something out, Grizzly? <laughs> I don't know that came up on audio. I do apologize. I'm, I'm pulling out <laughs> One of our y'all. Oh, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were hearing something going on. Uh, but anyway, um, the active denial system is a microwave pulse beam uh, that the military has in its possession. I think it's now commonly used. If you see, you'll see a lot of Humvees with a microwave beam on top of it, like a like a, a satellite dish. Um, that satellite dish can be aimed at anyone, and it causes burns, internal heating of the body. Wow! Uh, just by pointing it and. Apparently, it does not cause permanent damage. Uh, you know, it goes up to maybe a level 10, but I'm sure there's a level 11 somewhere that might kill people. I don't know sure. how exactly it works, but it shoots a microwave pulse toward people. It's supposedly used for crowd control. And you don't see it and you don't that hear it, cool. but you feel it. And it's like being burned, like with hot water. You feel it on your skin. And after you get out of the way of that beam, it, it stops immediately. So that, wow. that microwave pulse, that microwave beam is having an effect on your at your molecular level of what's going on sure. in your body. Again, that's called the active denial system, if anybody wants to look that up. Is that because so they can those, actively deny any use of it because there's no like long-term effects and there's, there's nothing afterwards? <laughs> I really don't know why the military yeah. named it active denial. <laughs> what was that, Chris? But here, here's a oh. video, and they use it for crowd control and everything else they developed it years and years ago and they had it on future weapons here we go ladies and gentlemen they'll probably have a commercial since i couldn't fast forward this is a test of the long-range acoustic device lrad Acoustic, acoustic device, device is gaining ground, ground daily by being law enforcement's go-to choice for crowd control scenarios and search and rescue missions. missions. That, that device is, is LRAD. I'm Terry, I'm Terry Shepard, and this, this is, is Digital, dig
Robert, Robert, first question. What does LRAD stand for? Long range acoustic device. The other end absolutely understand the instructions that are being given them, and we can give them the instructions in any language. We have a highly intelligible, very robust product now that's being sold throughout the world to militaries, commercial security, maritime security. And then also for uh, wildlife detection and control. And for, and for law enforcement, they appreciate having a device that really works for communication. Mold oranges don't cut it. In large outdoor situations, especially. So how did this technology come about? Genesis of LRAD really begins with the attack on the U.S. It's called on October 2000. Here was a USS destroyer and a Yemeni port. They didn't know if it were fishermen or terrorists that were going alongside them until it was too late. They turned out to be terrorists, detonated, killed. Uh, we know what yeah, we killed, yeah, we killed many sailors, injured others, caused a billion dollars of damage to the boat. And they, they had all this firepower on board, but they didn't know who these people were, so they couldn't, couldn't take any action. action. Well, the whole the point, point with LRAD is it fills a critical gap. gap. How do we, how do we determine, determine if they're friendlies or not if they're not responding to radio calls? When I got in front of the device, I could immediately hear Here's its effectiveness. All right, guys, I have to say a little worried walking up here like you're going to sneak in and turn it back on. <laughs> Scott, you were the operator of that one. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Right off the bat, first impression, I felt, I felt like there was, there was a dude, dude standing, standing right, right here yelling in my ear. But it was Did you notice he it's really hear? clear. Here you have the back there. Anything? When he was standing there in the parking lot, he didn't hear nothing. So that was below the, the hertz. So they can that's adjust not, that. That's not exactly the one that we worked on, but that that's the same right, type right. of technology. Right. This you, one you know that the, on on the civilian side goes up right. to six hundred and twelve decimals. Now that will rupture your insides and blow out your eardrums and cause permanent damage. Right. So right. And yet but they still can't to, hear it. They had it turned down where he couldn't hear, but he can feel it. And that's Feel the pressure I, of it, right? Huh? Oh, yeah. You know that reminds that reminds me of the reports we get of of having military personnel come into a zone like where there's been uh, active Bigfoot or Dogman activity that's been you know considered dangerous, and they they're carrying these devices in a in a handheld form. And one right. report I'm recalling in particular, they they pointed this into the woods. And all of a sudden, you know, within a, a short time frame, they could hear something in the woods just hollering and screaming and making all kinds of ruckus, roaring, basically. And then at the right. same time, um, the individual on the property, their dog started going absolutely insane and acting like it was having seizures lay on the ground uh, using some sort of handheld device that they pointed into the woods. Now, the people there couldn't hear it. The, the witness couldn't hear it. <clears throat> but definitely saw the effects of it in action. So I wonder if it's the same basic technology and I wonder how long it's actually been around. Um, I know yeah, this guy yeah. gave kind of a definitive time frame of when they first started getting into it, but I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if it was around a lot, lot longer than that. Yeah. It's been around for some time. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, so, yeah, so there's no telling. I mean, handheld devices, yeah, it's out. It's got to be. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, we're what the civilian world is what 25 to 30 years behind the military, something like that. And that's what they say. Probably. I I believe it's more of uh, 50 to 200 years, depending on the tech personally. Yeah. 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 They got some stuff going on. We don't have a clue about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thomas says he's seen it in Iraq. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, like I said, I, I had a personal confirmation from a friend of mine that the technology is being used. Um, so what what other stuff, Matt, would, would this infrasound be capable of, of doing or what kind of other effects have you come across that you suspect would be uh, well, due to the infrasound? Well, for me, I mean, I, I don't really I don't really like like reports. I mean, most of the reports I get here in East Tennessee, dude, they're just they're they're bland road crossings, things like that. Yeah. There's nothing really spectacular. Uh, Agreed. But, you know, listening to podcasts and uh, watching YouTube videos and, and reading up on as much as I possibly can about the subject. There's a lot of things that are happening out there that seem to be maybe possibly. Um, uh, do you 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 know Martin Groves? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, he he had the Dogman encounter at LBL several years. Yeah, back. yeah, yep. I, I listened yeah, to I listened to the Confessionals podcast with him. Uh, okay. And, and this again, this is just a thought. I'm not saying that what he says happened didn't happen, mm-hmm. but the strangeness of his story, there was a thing about uh, the, the two dog men came into the camp and was getting ready to attack he and his friend. Mm-hmm. And they were able to pray and get that to just kind of dissipate there for just a moment. It, and it, they moved mm-hmm. out of the way really quick. They got in the truck and they started heading out of there. And the next thing they know, they know they're confronted by two Sasquatch in the field. There were Sasquatch involved. Yep. And, you know, as, as the conversation progressed, it was like uh, they were talking about how that maybe the Sasquatch controlled the dog man. Mm-hmm. What if, what if infrasound produced those dog men in those men's minds, in their minds? And the Sasquatch were standing off at a distance, manipulating those men's minds to see the dogmen. Because I've I've had a few people tell me they've seen dogmen. Uh, mm-hmm. One in, one individual claims he shot one, and when he shot it, it disappeared into a flash of light, just gone. Hmm. Huh. So, I mean, I know yeah. it's just an idea that I'm just rolling through my head. I don't know what the truth is. Uh, they may have very well had dog men in their camp uh, because I do know that as the story went on there, uh, a person was killed at LBL mm-hmm. that same night. And that's part of that whole story that was on the yeah. confessionals podcast. And it was just, you know, it was surreal uh, to think that you had two Sasquatch watching the dog men attack these guys on camp, you know, so. I believe it could be possible that a lot of the things we see uh, or what eyewitnesses see again, uh, it could be that, that complicated with this. It could be. I mean, mind control. if we, if we go down that rabbit hole and we, we start trying to, to kind of think linear about it. I mean, if Bigfoot's out there and they exist and dogmen are real and they exist and they're going to experience them, and they're going to know the effects that they have on people. So if we go with the idea that they are able to manipulate what we see, 
whether through infrasound or whatever, and they have a control of that manipulation, then, I mean, logically, we have to go to that next step and go, well, maybe they are able to put that particular image or interaction, not just image, right? Because there was sound and everything yeah. in your friend's one. Uh, maybe they are able to produce that high level of an experience for somebody that's not really there. That's not saying yeah. that they didn't further go on to have dogman experiences or there weren't dogmans in the vicinity. But like you said, right. somehow the, the big four were able right. to um, in, increase the fear or increase the intensity, or maybe they started off doing that and then the dogmen showed up. I mean, there's really no way to know for sure. Um, because I mean, I know of instances where dogmen have been killed physically and, you know, they, they mm -hmm. died there and they fell onto the ground. It wasn't just a disappearing act. Um, right. so wow. Yeah. That, that's, that's a whole deeper level of the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. For real. They did. Somebody records something <laughs> and they go back and play it. And you have two different people uh -huh. with minds that sit there and say, this is what we witnessed. This is what we saw, but what we recorded did not capture it. That makes me wonder a lot. Uh -huh. I mean, how can you explain that? Yeah. I mean, I can only explain it that they, it didn't really happen and it was in their minds. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Okay. Well, let's now, throw people, this one out there. Um, I, I don't recall the names of the people involved, but there was a video. Um, and the experience was they saw a juvenile Bigfoot lurking around camp. And I think it came out of a tree and kind of ran across and they got it on video. But then when they went back to look at the video, all you saw was like the glimmer man effect where it was just kind of a shimmery image. You could see something right. moving. Right? right. So it's kind of the reverse effect there where they actually, they, they saw it in real life. Mm -hmm. Um, go through the camp as a black shadow figure kind of a thing. But then the recording didn't pick it up other than this glimmer wave. So I wonder mm -hmm. if that would be a different phenomenon or something tied into it as well. Are you, are you talking yeah, about could, the cloaking Could that effect? be an electronic issue? Yeah, it's like the cloaking effect for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've got a, a, member of, a member of my organization, uh, actually two members, they... Uh, before they became members of organiza my organization, they were, you know, they're mm -hmm. deep into Bigfoot anyway. If you don't, if you're not into Bigfoot, you, well, of course, you're not in the organization. But <laughs> <laughs> that being said, they actually found, I think, I want to say it was roughly 18 inches long. They found a track in Cades Cove. Okay. Um, back off one of the main, main drives. It was off a gravel road up maybe two miles from uh, the visitor center. Something okay. like that. It was up at yep. the grove. I don't know exactly. I've never been there. Uh, they've told me about it. Um, but uh, the daughter, she took out her phone and was was doing a 360 recording around the area where she was, where they found that track. Uh -huh. And she would come to a certain place and her phone would glitch. It would just, it would do that, uh, that rainbow looking glitch. And then she would move away from that and it would come back and then she would come back again and it would glitch and then she'd move away and it was fine. And she said her phone never did that before and it hasn't done it since. So there was something, hmm. 
something was going on there. And I, I have no idea what that is. And of course I've seen uh, videos and, and watched a few documentaries where people have had that kind of thing happen uh, mm -hmm. with their electronics devices. Um, I haven't experienced anything like that, but uh, I, there's certainly more than one story of that going on out there. Oh, absolutely. And, and Cades Cove, I know a lot of people kind of, uh, poo poo on it because it's such an active tourist place. Uh, you know, you know, Matt, that's my neck of the woods. Um, I mean, you can go, it's an 11 mile loop with various cutoffs that go through it, but it can take several hours, sometimes four or five hours to drive that 11 miles because there's so many people in there and they're stopping right. to watch for bears and traffic is so congested. But at the same time, they shut it down every night. And it's a huge, open, expansive area where these guys could go through. And then there's rivers that go through there and then horse feed. And because there's a, a horse stable there with horse riding for trails um, and all that kind of stuff. And, and plus, it, it's completely ringed by the mountains. So these guys could easily yeah. come down and observe from the wilderness, you know, from the yeah. wood side or, or just, you know, I think they can sit 20 yards back in the woods and still see everything going on in the clearings and all that. And so I think Cades Cove is an amazing place to have a capture like that. And then to have the glitching in the same spot. Now I got to wonder, is that infrasound specifically acoustically, you know, sound wave techniques, or is that some other uh, type of frequency manipulation going on? And that's kind of the area that I lean to with a lot of my stuff is, is what other frequencies, what other energies are there out there that these things yeah. can manipulate. And, and so, change how we perceive things with it right yeah you're right absolutely you know and it's not it's not just auditory and i, I mean i don't know a whole lot about this at all but for tonight i wanted to look and see if, see what the differences may be and and um there are uh, there's a um we also have a visual spectrum of light yeah we only see a certain percentage of what light there is that's actually being produced i think it's like 20 or 30 percent mm -hmm. of our yep. visual scope you know you've got ultraviolet light and you've got infrared light and those mm -hmm. spectrums are huge and Absolutely. we don't see either one of those nope. um what does that mean i i mean in the grand scheme of things I, I guess what it means is there's a lot of things going on all around us every hour of every day that we don't even know is happening we can't see it and we can't hear it and yep. we and certainly I'm not saying that that's um, I'm not saying that that's paranormal, but we are limited mm. into what what we're actually able to take in as far as information is concerned. Absolutely. So, I mean, we, people are running around with night vision cameras and infrared cameras to see in the dark. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe these beings that are out there, they have a different visual spectrum, a different auditory spectrum. And they've just got us whipped. Yeah, they, they've got it figured out. They can, you know, again, I, I've heard people say they are they know you're in the woods before you ever get in the woods. They mm -hmm. may their hearing may be so good that they hear the car door slam three miles away and they know that there's people close. You know, it yep. could be that good. We don't know. We we don't have the we don't have the specimen to to study. We don't have anything like that. And of course, I'll tell you all straight up front, I'm, I'm no kill. I'm anti kill, uh, personally. And my group is no kill. Uh, we don't yep. go hunting Bigfoot with guns by any stretch of the imagination. And I don't have a lot of respect for people who do. 
because I believe there's more to them than just the undiscovered primate. Yeah. So I agree. It's my personal belief and, and the theory that I'm working with and kind of expounding on in my spare time is that there are entities and I just use the word entity as a generic term for creatures, beings, whatever we know that can live solely and completely in a spectrum that we are not able to perceive. And, and the entire, you know, if we're talking the ultrasound and, and ultraviolet or whatever visual spectrum that we can't even perceive. Um, and I, I put out the theory that maybe Bigfoot and it's kin, uh, different types of creatures, live in an overlap of our perception where it is nothing necessarily that we would call woo or magical or mystical about them. It's just that sometimes they're on our level of perception and sometimes they're not, you know what I mean? Whether it be visually or, or in sound. And this is kind of a theory that I'm working on and building with and, and trying to flesh out a little more is, is that it's simply an overlap of perceptions. And, yeah. and they are Dude, able that, to manipulate. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they are able to manipulate what we can see, you know, the, their light waves, their frequencies. We just don't know. And that's kind of a rabbit hole that I personally am diving down into. And I think all this kind of adds into that, that knowledge base of at least it may not be right, but it's something to move forward the thought process and, and right. kind of keep everything going within this field. And it applies to every every field out there in the paranormal, whether you're talking ghosts or demonic angelic beings or shadow people or the goblin universe, as Lauren Coleman used to call it. Um, I I think we just need to keep in mind that we can have scientific explanations for a lot of the stuff that we currently can't explain. Right. Yeah. I think it's a mistake that a lot of people make. Uh, Don't, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I used again, I used to be one of those people. I didn't want to go there. <clears throat> I didn't mm-hmm. want to go to that place where I was looking into things like uh, invisibility and cloaking and, and mind speak and, and all those kinds of things. I didn't want to go there. But sure. I'm not afraid of it anymore. Uh, I'll go there because I believe that's a, all those things. There is truth in everything that's happening, whether or not we understand it. And, you know, whether or not it's even feasible. I mean, it's happening. People are seeing these things and they're having this type of encounter. They're having these things happen to them. That's that's unexplainable. And we can't just write them off. So I'll just say, don't be afraid of the woo because, you know, it's woo because we don't understand it yet. Yeah, I never understood this mindset of. We're trying to solve one of the, uh, the greatest mysteries that we have here in the natural world of Bigfoot, whether it exists or not. This is our field right. of interest, right? This is our hobby. But then people go, well, I don't want to hear about this part because that's just too weird for me. <laughs> you know, and it's like, really? I understand really? where they're coming from, though. I really do. I understand the mindset. But, you know, you start looking into this kind of stuff. You know, again, you know, I... I don't like to talk about Dogman because you know I remember American Werewolf in London and that scared mm-hmm. the crap out of me. Uh, <laughs> werewolves are scary. I don't yeah. like thinking about that kind of thing. Uh, being out in the woods or, or outside my back door, I just I'm terrified of that kind of thing. Absolutely, uh, I won't go. But I can't tonight. say that it's not happening. 
nope, not by myself <laughs> anymore. I won't do it. <laughs> but then there, you know, again, there are other things out there that people are seeing that that aren't explainable. Oh uh, yeah, and and I and I think what was it? There was someone I can't, I don't remember his name, but he said something, and it, it was very interesting to hear it. Um, he said that the Sasquatch are here to protect us from everything else. Mm-hmm. That's a common belief. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're here to keep us safe from the nasty ones, whatever yeah. they are. And that could be the dog men and the rakes and uh, the, mm-hmm. you know, the Jersey devils and the moth men or whatever, whatever you want to get into uh, that people see and people have encounters with. Um, it's just, <laughs> It is hard to take in. It's hard to fathom, especially when you're living in 2023. And and mm-hmm. again, Google has all the answers and you don't have to think anymore. Uh, we start thinking about this kind of stuff. The rabbit hole gets deep and they become numerous. Yeah. The rabbit holes just start popping up everywhere. And, you know, I've, I tell my wife often, is you start studying Bigfoot, you're going into other things. You will oh, end yeah. up. Uh, even even looking into demonic activity and, and UFOs mm-hmm. and, and all, all of it. And, and to me, I personally believe it's all tied in. It's all together. There's the whole big mystery of I the agree. world that we have forgotten, the world that we no longer see, that maybe our ancestors had a very good hold on. They knew all this stuff was going on. But exactly. Uh, the more technologically advanced we became, the less we paid attention to it. It's like, you know, of course, you know, people in a covered wagon riding out West for a thousand, thousands of miles. They're, they're taking months to do it where we can be there in a few days. We're doing 75 and 80. We don't have time to look off the side of the road, see if we see anything. (laughs) So we've, and we've got our heads in the phones. Now we are always looking at our phones and listening to our music on their head buds and and all that stuff. And we're not paying attention to the world around us anymore. No, we've not been doing that for a long time. And I think yep. there's a lot of stuff out there that we might be missing that's right in front of our faces. I agree. And, and I would postulate that it might even be intentional, but that's a whole yeah. another rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the, uh, what is it called? The dumbing <laughs> down of America. <laughs> yeah. And you know, um, yeah. I first came across this idea, like you were just talking about when uh, uh, studying sea monsters. And how come uh-huh. we don't see sea monsters anymore like they used to? The well, right. right? But here's 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 the reason why. Well, is there tons of guns? Yeah. Look look at the difference between our sea travel now and what our sea travel was 200 years ago. Back oh, then, yeah. we had to go where the winds took you. There was no motorized right. sounds. You oh, know what right. I mean? We didn't have shipping lanes. Either. Do what, Grizz? Your audio is real quiet tonight. It is. I'll yeah. Fix it. I said we don't have sailors hanging off the edge of the boat either. Well, that too. <laughs> that too, right? And then yeah. you have these big, giant party, you know, ships and and their motors. I mean, you're going to scare every critter away for hundreds of miles. But right. back then, if you were just slipping through the seas with just wind power, you were making hardly a noise. Then the, the, the sea monsters, so to speak, would, would be up there on the surface and, and you could come up on them and scare them and sneak up on them. And, and I think it's the exact same kind of thing. Back in the day, 
the world didn't have so much noise pollution. Us people didn't make so much noise out there. And nowadays, that's all it is, is noise, or we can't even hear the rest of it, what's going on. And I think it's the same thing. I really do. Yeah, we've, we've got a lot of fog over our faces. We've got a lot of, a lot of haze in our eyes. We, we've, we've, we've forgotten how to see the truth. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not saying I know what the truth is. I really don't. I do know that Bigfoot is real. I know that. I've never seen one, but I know they're real. I know too many people. I've heard too many mm-hmm. stories and you know I've I've found things and and I've heard things and you now there's it's it's real whatever it is it's real and uh, yeah I, I can't I can't just quit looking <laughs> but it, like like I said earlier I mean the rabbit holes just become more and more numerous every day mm-hmm. and I I am uh, I guess I'm on the fringe now I am I'm a fringe I really am I'm not mainstream Bigfoot research investigations um somebody can tell me you know they saw it jump out of a a ufo and then fly back into it i'm not gonna say it didn't happen because i don't know one way or the other uh, right again ufos are 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 spotted uh when with along with bigfoot sightings uh the orb issue what are what are the orbs what are what's that about uh these orbs that are floating through the woods and you know, there's there are bigfoot sightings in proximity with those orbs, yep. uh, you know, even uh, even uh, some of the more well-known researchers have have had encounters with orbs. Uh, what yep. is an orb? I've never seen one of those. I would probably flip out if I saw that floating <laughs> through my backyard. I, I mean, most of most people say they're about the size of either a soccer ball or a basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and a lot of people on the more paranormal end of things would say that that's the that's their energy spirit moving mm-hmm. from place to place mm-hmm. you know, whatever whatever that entails uh, but it's just there are things in this world we just don't understand yeah it's huge i've i've got a guest <laughs> that i'm working on hopefully to come on the show in the next week or two um, and his area of study has a lot to do with that kind of a stuff and he's actually experienced um, what he called fairy lights up here okay. in, in, in the Appalachian Smoky Mountains up here at Klingman's Dome when he was out doing some night researching out there. So I'm hoping to get him on. And that's another yeah. rabbit hole we can go down. He has a lot of interesting research and thoughts yeah. and stuff on energies and portals and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm working on getting him on our show and we'll have a good time with him as well. Yeah. Yeah, this is deep stuff, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that, this is so that's deep. why Grizz called this the rabbit never, hole. <laughs> I've never dreamed. I've never dreamed. That years ago, guys, I would have laughed at you. Yeah. yeah. I would have laughed at you. I'd have laughed. There's no way in hell. Nope. No way in hell. I, would, I wouldn't believe you. Now, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the times have changed. And I'm telling people, yeah. there are things out there that people don't believe yeah. that on this earth ladies and gentlemen yeah, yeah. and, and oh, you know what? what i think that's the mark of a true researcher in any of the 14 fields is their, their willingness and openness to admit that it is because the more you look into this stuff i've talked to so many especially in the bigfoot world so many researchers yeah. that started off flesh and blood with their own sighting and as they got into it and as they did more and more research they honestly have to say 
we just don't know anymore because there's so much so much other phenomenon happening with it and and i think anybody that's going to be honest as a researcher has to at least be willing to accept that fact you know and and i'm not saying be so open-minded your brain falls out on the floor you know what i mean (laughs) but we have to at least be able to not just shut out stories that don't fit into our own paradigm we have to at least be willing to give them their due diligence and their due investigation on it you know yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah it's i think it's i think it's a disservice to the community as a whole when you have uh factions you know i and again Mm -hmm. it is what it is but uh you know i'm not gonna I'm not going to put anybody down for not believing uh, the things I believe. I, I, I've told the people in my group, you believe what they what they are, what they're not. It's up to you. But as you grow in this study, your mind's going to change. It's yep. going to change. You know, it's like a, you know, I have one one lady in the group that so she she struggles with the idea that they have a, have mind control. And again, I don't know for sure it is what it is, but. I'm not completely out of the realm of possibility that they are doing just that. It's uh, sure. some sort of um, some sort of trick, some sort of something they've got that we don't got. Um, yeah, that may be more of their brains working than ours is. You know, what is it? Science tells us that we only use maybe ten to twelve percent of our brains mm-hmm. for anything at all, and the rest of it's just lying there dormant, like just a just a piece yeah. of meat. <laughs> it's not doing us any good at all. It's just blood flowing and circulation and mm-hmm. it's just you know so what if yeah. they have just a little bit more of a, a brain function than we do that allows them to go to that next level so it's, yes it's hard to say uh, it's really it's it's really odd and how, how it works and of course a lot of people believe the believe these beings are ancient that they were here before we were uh and again i don't know that to be the fact or the case but i mean it's an interesting concept that you know, I've had people say things or, or read some things about how that we, the human race, the three of us and everyone listening, we are the hybrids. Yeah, we uh, we could have been them at one point in our life uh, or history. But yep. We have been manipulated. We have been changed. We have been. Yeah, violated, so to speak, <laughs> and they don't. They don't want anything to do with us because they know how dangerous we are mm-hmm. because of our, the way we process thought, the way we are warlike and how we, you know, we're out to do damage. You know, a lot of the people go out in the woods looking for Bigfoot, you know, they've got their camera out or their gun out and they're looking to get famous and they're looking to make money and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I've, I've I'm beyond that too, Justin. I'll, I'll tell you mm-hmm. guys that true. I mean, I, there was a time in my life when there was some, some fame came along. I had my 15 minutes of fame and uh, you know, that's all fine and well, and it was fun, but I, I couldn't care less about that anymore because it's just innate in me now to just know the truth and to tell people yeah. the truth. One of the things that, one of the things that gets me is there's so many young people and children that are intrigued by this subject. And I'm not so sure if that's just a wise thing for a parent to let their kids be, all up in arms about Bigfoot, you know, because I would hate to think that a child would, you know, leave the camp, so to speak, and go out looking for Bigfoot by themselves and something terrible happened to them. 
You know, yeah. I mean, you just never know. Uh, we don't know what the intents or the or the mindset of these beings are. We just don't know. And, Warm and fuzzy. They they love them. Yeah, that's loving. what they think. Exactly. Everybody yeah. thinks. You know, you go to the conferences and the festivals and. Everybody's got the, you know, peoples are dressed up like Bigfoot and they're running around getting their pictures made. And it's all fun and oh, yeah. it's all fun and games. But, but there's there's something else here. And, and I'm just I just hate to think that somebody's going to get out there and, and do something real stupid, thinking it's just a fun and games kind of thing. And they they get hurt. Uh, you know, everybody I've ever known who's had an encounter with Bigfoot, it changed them. It did yeah. change them. It messed with them. It messed them up. Either, yep. I mean, I can't say necessarily for the worse, but you know, every one of them I've ever met and talked to, it changed their way they look at things. It completely turned their world upside down. Absolutely, so, absolutely. And I, I have experienced the same thing. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard so many people say, "I wish I had never seen it. I'd wish I'd never known this thing yep. was real," because my whole world is now different. Yeah, it changes your entire perception of reality when you can either experience yeah. one of these things or at least acknowledge that it's real. You you yeah. have to question everything you've ever been taught and everything you've ever really yeah. thought as far as reality yeah. goes. And that's not comfortable yeah. for most people, you know? Mm-mm. It's it's difficult to do. I mean, I've had to do a lot of that myself. And, uh, you know, I've come to grips with most of that in the yeah. 18 years I've been doing this. But uh, and I'm convinced that, again, I mean, I don't I don't have any, uh, you know, spiritual need to change my spiritual beliefs regarding mm-hmm. those things. But I did have to acknowledge that not all the things that I'm supposed to know about my spirituality is written in a book. You know, right. There are things that we don't know. And, and maybe it was not meant for us to know, but we're inquisitive enough to where we're going for it anyway. Sure. And uh, we just have to, you know, I just have to keep looking. I have to keep talking to people about it. I have to, uh, yeah, I, I can't explain what it, I guess it's an addiction. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, and people ask me, do you want to see a Sasquatch? And, and honestly, I can't say that I do, but maybe at 40 yards when I'm driving 50 or 60 down the highway <laughs> right. and it can't catch me. <laughs> Or exactly. you know, rip the door off the truck and, and take me out and <laughs> beat me over the head with my leg or something. You know, I, <laughs> I, I think about that a lot. I don't. Sure. And I, of course, I have dreams. You know, I have vivid dreams that I'm I've seen one or it steps out of the woods in front of me and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, some people will even say they're trying to communicate with you there. But I don't know about that. But, you know, I have dreams because, you know, so much of the things I think about in my life day in and day out has to do with this subject. And it's, uh, sure. <laughs> it's an interesting thing. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Absolutely. And I know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get, no you get so it. caught up and then so wrapped up in it. You, you really can. It's, it's not, not hard to do. It's real easy. to just kind of fall into it and just almost become right. obsessed with it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, really. It is. It is. It's, it can be an obsession. I've I've learned how to kindly kindle that or or quell mm-hmm. that somewhat. Um, you know, I when I first started doing this, it was just you know I was I was out all the time talking to people and going out and checking things out and looking around. And but I, you know I've I've got a life to live too. I'm able to live my life. You know I've 
you know, work a day job and I have other things mm-hmm. going on too. So I'm not eat up with it like I used to be. Uh, and again, you know, I don't have to be in East Tennessee because I don't get very many reports. I maybe four or five a year. And, right. and even those, most of those are ancient. You know, I saw this 20 years ago. I'd like to tell you about it. And I yep. love to hear them. I, I really do. But there's really no investigating to do when something's 20 years old. Right. Uh, and very rarely have I gotten a report that was, you know, last night or the day before yesterday. You know, that very rarely happens. Uh, yep. The few I have, I've, I've been able to go and actually investigate the area you know that's and that's and those times i have found tracks in every one of them and uh, that's that's the interesting thing about it there's evidence there that they were there it's not just somebody saying i saw something you look around and you'll find tracks and well in most cases you'll find a track that's all you'll find is one and that's always been something peculiar to me as well uh, there's mm-hmm. a 16 and a half track. It's 10 inches wide at the toe, seven inches wide at the heel. And that's the only one in this yard. That's the only one in this mud puddle. There aren't any more anywhere around anywhere. That's the only one. So what did it just one foot down and gone? I mean, <laughs> I've heard that they, uh, I've heard that they actually do that to tell others where they were going. If they don't hmm. want to make a track, they won't, you know, and they have this ability to, to move in such a way where they don't even leave tracks. If they sure. leave a track and you find it, they wanted you to find it or, or they wanted somebody to find it. So more than likely it was an intentional thing. Sure. And listen, I can yeah. attest to the fact that that's not even necessarily a paranormal thing. Uh, the, yeah. the tribes that I grew up with in South America, you'd be hard pressed to find a track that they left behind. Right. You really would. I mean, I, I yeah. remember dad talking about coming along and, and finding what he called a, a super highway trail. Right. And it looked nothing more than a deer trail going through the jungle. It was so faint. You could you could kind of see it if you know what you're looking for. But for the Indians, that was like a super highway because you could actually see it. You yeah. know, so when you're raised in that environment and your entire life is built around stealth. It becomes mm-hmm. second nature, and you don't have to leave prints. You know, right. yeah, in some substrates, there's no no getting around it. Like, you're in the snow, you're going to yeah. leave a print if, if you're sneaking into that snow. You just can't get around it. But for the most part, especially in grass and yards and stuff, you, you can get through there without leaving leaving tracks and leaving prints. Right, right. Yeah, that's just, it's, it's intentional. A lot of times, yep. I believe a lot of their... A lot of sightings are intentional. I think mm-hmm. they want you to see. Maybe they're, uh, maybe they are trying to protect their group or their their clan, so to speak, and yep. they want you to see the one that's guarding the show. And you turn around and you walk away, so they, so the rest of them are safe from you. Yeah. Uh, and again, most of the most of the sightings and most of the encounters seem to be that kind of thing. They they may or may not be dangerous to us, but for the most part, they, it seems like most people get away without being hurt. Yeah. Um, and of course, but now, of course, we've got a lot of people that go missing in parks all the time and mm-hmm. out in the woods, never seen again or found months or years later. And we don't really know the whole story of that. And of course, I'm a conspiracy theorist when it comes to people in the authoritarian uh, situation oh, yeah. uh, covering their tracks and hiding the truth from people, you know. 
So uh, it's 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 hard to say. It really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just how well, just how much is really going on that we don't sure. know anything about. Absolutely. A- any other angles on the infrasound that you wanted to bring up or, or discuss on tonight? Um, any well, other uh, side no, topics not, that we didn't hit off of that for you? Uh, no, not really. Um, okay. Again, I, the the infrasound, it's just an idea. And, and I know, and, and it's not my idea. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that have, have mm-hmm. been tossing this around for a long time. It's just, you know, I, I'm just trying to get a handle on it because it, it, it does. It makes sense to me that if these things are able to make us hallucinate or make us lose time or, or pass out or get sick, it makes their getaway much easier. It makes it sure. easier for them to, to run and hide or to get out of our line of sight or all that kind of stuff. And that's really all they want to do for the most part. From, mm-hmm. from the way I understand most Sasquatch, they don't want an encounter with us. They just, you know, maybe they messed up or, or like I said earlier, they're just trying to protect their clan. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I I can't imagine. I, I mean, all the times I've been in the woods in my life, I may have walked right by one and never knew it. Exactly. You know, and, and yeah. I, I was not a threat. And he did, it didn't see any need to mess with me or even acknowledge my existence. And, of course, right. I was too good to know. You know, I went squirrel hunting <laughs> when I was a teenager for years yeah. you know, and I had a shotgun, but if I'd saw one of those things, I don't know what I'd have done. I'd have, I'd have probably messed my pants. <laughs> and, and ran it, right? I mean, I was just a kid. So I, I wasn't a threat. If I, if I was around one that never did see me as a threat, sure. so it never showed itself to me. So even well, though, Matt, you know, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I will say, you know, that one summer my son had his encounter, um, that particular subject was in the neighborhood all summer. Uh, it was, it was seen by more than one person. Okay. And, uh, there was that one night where, uh, I was out on the porch. I was, I used to smoke, but I wasn't allowed to smoke inside. Uh, <laughs> and I understand that, but anyway, but I was out on my back deck smoking and I got whistled at and it was a classic, you know, uh, Ron Moorhead whistle that kind of like the Sierra sounds sure. whistled at me from the darkness about, I'd say 40 yards away. It was on the other side of the road in the cornfield. And I knew what it was because I'd heard that sweat, that whistle before. <laughs> and, uh, it was intriguing to say the least. I, I knew it was there. Again, I had the idea that it was, you know, flesh and blood, undiscovered mm-hmm. primate, blah, 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 all that. Uh, I had not yet even begun to really research the thing yet. The East Tennessee Bigfoot didn't exist at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it was, it was that kind of thing. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've heard that before. I know what that's about. And that by itself unnerved me. I mean, I wasn't sure. so terrified that I put my cigarette out and ran in the house, but I, I was very uneasy. I kept watching, you know, I, that security light that it ran under was behind me, shining over into the cornfield. If it had come out into the road, I would have seen it. There's no way sure. it could have, you know, unless unless there was something more paranormal to it. But uh, it it never did anything but that whistle. You know, and uh, 
it's just interesting to say the least. Sure. So uh, I want to circle back to something. I want to circle back to something you said, and this is something that I I talk to everybody about when I'm speaking at a conference or on the podcast. You said that you know the infrasound thing was something that interests you, so you just started digging into it. And that's right. that's what people need to do. Anybody can be a researcher in this kind of stuff. Yeah. And you don't have that's to right. necessarily research the paranormal part of it. Find find right. something that interests you. You know, like you talked about the infrasound thing. And yeah. you studied the science of infrasound, like the accepted science out there. And then yeah. once you, you got knowledgeable on that, you kind of applied it to see how it would fit into the, the Bigfoot world. And that's how we need to do it. That's how we can get more people involved. That's how the audience can get involved. Because I've heard people say, well, I just can't get out there. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I say, well, listen, I'm a 40-year-old with a bad heart. I can't get out and do anything. But we can still do this research. We can still get in there and and dig, you know. So if you're fascinated by histories, look into the local histories of your area. If you're into the sciences, you know, find an aspect that you can dig into already accepted information, already accepted scientific studies, and go down that rabbit hole and see how it it can apply to these subjects. That's how we're learning. That's where we can get accepted into the scientific realm. If we can go and point to scientific studies and research that's been done and then go, this is exactly the effect or the cause that we're seeing. And this is how it would apply, you know, and that that's exactly what we need more of in, in all the 14 studies. Absolutely. And I just yeah. want to point that out to the audience. that That's exactly what I'm talking about. But whenever you yeah. hear me say something about that, that's what we're looking at. You know, get out there and just find something that interests you in the subject and go down the mundane rabbit hole to see what is known about that kind of a topic and then kind of see how we can apply it. Yeah, it's really easy. I mean, it it doesn't take a whole lot of effort. I mean, again, you can be as easy to believe whatever you read if you want, but you know, there there are again, there are different different ideas as to how what kind of uh, mm-hmm. audible range that humans have on two different websites. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you'll find those kind of differences in some things, but that doesn't mean that the general idea is not the same. Um, Again, with infrasound, it's just something that uh, could be affecting us day in, day out. You know, you, you, I've, I've heard and read about conspiracy theories where, you know, they, people are being manipulated by the powers that be with mm-hmm. infrasound, yeah. uh, making people think wrong, make people do things that they ought not do. Uh, you know, I, I, I know a lot of people that have mental illness. Why are they having this happen to them? And, and it's sometimes it's well, sometimes it's unavoidable, but maybe there's something else at, at, at hand that we mm-hmm. don't understand that's causing these kinds of things. I mean, I would hate to think that I could just walk through the room and all of a sudden just fall over and not know why. I mean, it, you'd think there was something really bad wrong. And a lot of times people have that happen to them. And, you know, I have a friend at work who's talking about he's got vertigo right now and he has a hard time even standing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in his fifties. So I can say, well, you probably just getting old, man. You know, that's just the way it is. <laughs> but, but at the same time, these things happen to our bodies and it, it has an effect on our minds. Mm-hmm. And 
And then you, you go back to P PTSD, uh, you know, that's something that something else that's troubling me. Uh, people in my family and people that I care about uh, have issues mentally. And who's to say that a traumatic experience didn't bring that on, didn't cause that sure. to happen. And, and of sure. course, this is this isn't my idea either. That I, mean, I was at a, uh, a conference in North Carolina back in May. A lady approached me and started talking about how that PTSD can cause people to hallucinate, mm -hmm. can cause people to believe that there's something going on outside. They get paranoid about things, uh, especially people who are uh, who go through what they call shell shock, yeah, uh, where they were in war and in battle, and the bombs are going off around them, and it and it just rattles them to the point where they have to come home. Yeah, and uh, they're every every night. You know, they they you something falls off the wall, uh, a picture falls or a, a car backfires. It sends them into that panic, mm -hmm. uh, sends them into that that same feeling they had when they were at war. And this this person mentioned she mentioned that what if, you know, there is a post-traumatic stress involved with Sasquatch and people have these encounters and they are so traumatic to them that everything they see now is a Sasquatch. Everything that's going on outside at night is a Sasquatch, you know, and maybe it's not really a Sasquatch. They had one encounter in their lifetime and that was mm -hmm. it. But now everything that's going on outside is a Sasquatch. You see that tree that, that fell over? Sasquatch did that. Yep. You see that dead bird out there in the driveway? Sasquatch did that. It's just such a traumatic event in their life. And it's like I was talking, we were talking earlier about how, when you investigate and you research this stuff and you do it for so long, it just becomes something you just, you're always thinking about it. You're always doing something involving that for somebody who's had an encounter and it's been a traumatic experience. It's all sure. they think about too. And it, it may be giving them a really hard time. And so I, I firmly I, believe that is the case that that does happen to some people. Uh, obviously yeah. not everybody, you know, not every instance is going to be like that, but I think it happens in a fair percentage of cases and you're right. I think going forward, it becomes an obsession and an unhealthy one. And it becomes right. like you said, every sound, every shadow, every movement, every um, thing that looks out of place is now attributed to, to Sasquatch and, and what they do. And I, I think that's a very real thing. I'd have to agree with you. I really do. I think that's a very real thing. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've met people and I know people who have had encounters uh, in their lifetime, and, and it's just like that. You know, yep. Everything that's happening around their home is Sasquatch, everything. And yep. uh, it's just, uh, well, and, and you try to explain to them what you, you see an obvious answer to what was really going on, and it's and they're almost offended. And, yeah. and they don't talk to you anymore. And, yeah. and I don't want to lead people on. And I don't want to hurt their feelings for anything. I mean, I, I believe they had a legitimate encounter, but it just traumatizes them so much that, that they can't see past yep. that to be rational with what they're thinking. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I can understand that. I mean, that's, uh, you know, when somebody has a traumatic experience, I mean, that's whatever it is, it lingers, it stays with you. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's going to bother you for a long time. It's something that, you just, it's humanity, I guess. Yeah, so. it's just how we're wired. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. That's how it works. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, as as we're starting to wrap up, guys, there there is something I just want to uh, bring up here. Um, we've recently lost somebody in our community, uh, Miss Claudia Ockley. Um, and I just we just want to give a moment of recognition to Miss Claudia. Um, I've I've known her for several years. I, I wouldn't say I was friends with her, but we were definitely acquaintances, and we talked professionally on more than one occasion. Um. And it's always sad when we lose a member of our community. And so my thoughts and prayers go out to her family. I know she had two daughters. Um, I know her significant other, Ed Brown. Uh, he's the one that found her. And just my thoughts and prayers go out to everybody involved personally, not not from a big fort perspective or community perspective. But, you know, Claudia was was a person. She was a real person and she was a very sweet lady. Um, and you know, our community and the world as a whole has a loss with, with Claudia being no longer with us. So I just wanted to give my respects to Claudia and everybody involved in the situation. Um, and just my thoughts and prayers go out to everybody involved. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Matt, thank you for uh, coming on the show. We greatly appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Sure thing. Sure thing. I so yeah, but, Anytime. uh, Appreciate it. Uh, I think you have uh, a well-rounded thought process. I, I think we got a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I do not think it's a primate. I can tell you that much. But uh, from coast to coast and around the world, ladies and gentlemen, uh, good night, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Godspeed, everybody. We'll see. Good you night, everybody. Day. Have a good one. Thanks for having us.